Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Um, like always, um, another cold opening. Hey, yo, look, so right now there's people out here protesting the coronavirus uh, treatment, um, stay-at-home orders, where basically the governors have made a decision across the country to um, effectively stay at home to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Now, you have folks protesting um, the fact that they have to stay in the house. Somebody souped them up and said this is against their civil liberties, their civil rights has been taken, even down to the point where people literally um, are comparing this to Rosa Parks. And I want everybody to stop. <laughs> I want everybody to stop uh, and just listen for a second. What are you in the rush for? You could be protesting the Senate, you could be protesting Congress to put out better bills or place better bills out for those who aren't working right now. Uh, I think the Democrats put out a proposal for $2,000 a month um, pack relief package plus six to six months to a year uh, rent-free, which I think would benefit the country. And I saw somebody say, hey, well, how are we going to pay for it? Well, the same way we've been paying for everything with our tax money. And I don't understand why we could fund corporate bailouts versus taking care of ourselves. And so while you're protesting, you're out here in these streets. You got your kids out here playing on the monkey bars and sliding down the slides and everything. There are real Americans out here fighting the fight. One of those real Americans is my mama who sent me a picture wearing PPE because she works at a nursing home. And... There are people like her who are in hospitals right now who have to go to work, who have to work overtime, over overtime because of idiots out here who can't just stay in the house. People who can't stay in the house are the same people, the same people who uh, go to public bathrooms and sit bare butt on the toilet. These are the people who are protesting the stay-at-home orders. These are people who don't wash their hands yet shake your hand and dap you up when you see them in public. These are the people who, who, <laughs> who just now bought all the hand sanitizer and don't know how to use hand sanitizer. So I implore everybody, please stay at home. Please adhere to the stay-at-home orders. It's not long now. Uh, if you're suffering, I get it. I understand. We're all suffering in some form. Uh, some suffering is more than others. But suffering don't last always. Just stay the course. And remember... We can go out too early and have a hot summer, but we'll lose out on Thanksgiving, we'll lose out on, on, Merry, on Christmas, and we'll lose out on New Year's. Or we could suck it up now, probably miss out in the summer, but be able to hang out with our families on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. With that being said, let's get ready to start the show, folks. The same one name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to the open mic, the open mic podcast. podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 What's going on, everybody? How you doing, everybody? And welcome to another Sunday episode. 
for the Oh My Radio podcast. All the ones and twos. Let's go. You know how we do it. Put your hands on your knees and open mic radio podcast, 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 podcast. Yeah. It's another side episode of Oh My Radio podcast. My mouth is dry. Should have brought my water with me. Got a special guest for you this evening. I got the big homie Samson coming through. A DC legend. A DC native. The leader of the LGBTQA plus community. My man. He's been fighting a good fight. You're going to enjoy him. Can't wait to bring him on. It's going to be a hype show. How y'all dealing in this pandemic? Are y'all here protesting? Do you have gloves? Do you have a mask on? Are you raw dogging the air right now? How you handling this pandemic? Are you eating chips? Or carrots and celery? Man, I don't know. I can't complain. I've been chilling, actually. Kicking back, enjoying the time here with the fam. With the kids. Riding bikes. Finally got a scarf, so I'm out here raw dogging. Take advantage of those um, uh, pandemic sales. <laughs> pandemic sales. Hey, man, I got a question. Who's you buying up all the flushable wipes? Did I already talk about this? It really disturbs me. Because the flushable wipes were all stocked up at one point in time. Then this happened. The coronavirus happened. And I didn't know so many of y'all use flushable wipes. How does that even happen? I thought y'all was a, a toilet paper community. Get some of my nerves a little bit. Anywho, let's fade this out. Let's fade this out. Yeah. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing tonight? Give yourselves a round of applause for coming out here this evening. <laughs> coming out here, listen to the show. You're like, man, this is what? Three or four episodes in, man. Mike is on a roll. How's he doing this? <laughs> Can't tell you my secrets, but I have been fasting on doing a lot of things, and I've been, I decided to be a lot more productive in my pandemic days. Um, I fasted from the PlayStation 4, which gives me more time to report, record podcasts, put some of my friends on, interview them, just talk to them, reach out to them. Folks I haven't seen in a while, haven't talked to in a while, get a chance to um, reach out to them and just have a great conversation, and I get to share it with y'all, man. I have a lot of good friends. I have a lot of friends outside of um, um, just comedy, yo. But you know, whatever. You know, I have a lot of friends that do a lot of big things in the in the community as well. One of them is my man Samson, who I'm about to bring on right now. All right, y'all. Got my man on the line right now. Without any further ado, I want to bring out the big homie. This um, this guy, uh, he 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 performed at the uh, Lincoln Theater. He was the first openly gay um, comedian to perform at the Smithsonian. I want you to start clapping right now for the big homie, Mr. Samson McCormick, everybody. Hey, everybody, give it up for Samson, y'all. What up, Samson? What's up? What's up? How are you? <laughs> Man, I can't complain, yo. Uh, I've been kicking myself in the um, in the high pots. Uh, I always try to catch your performances when you're in, um, in D.C. And um, I end up getting busy doing doing other stuff. And, and I missed it, and I and I and I'm ashamed. Oh my God! How are you gonna be 
too busy for one of my shows. <laughs> hey, I, I, we got everything you need at my show. <laughs> yeah, you had like five shows, man. It, it's funny. It, it always happens too. Like when it's somebody I actually want to see, you know, because you know, not too many comedians you actually want to pay money to see. You're like one of them. And it was like that whole weekend was clear. And then I got a text message. It was like, hey, you free on this weekend? Of course. I'm be like, yeah, I'm free this weekend. And they're like, oh, shit. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Well, you know, I, I don't stay away from D.C. too long. So, you know, I'll be back. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, everybody, I want y'all to uh, get it from my man, Samson. Sampin, Samson is um, one one of the, if not the only openly gay um, comedians in all of the world. He um, was the first one to open up at the Smithsonian. And have his show, man. So it's a really big deal. He's a, he's really active in the uh, LGBTQ um, A plus community, and uh, it's an honor to have you on. And um, man, how you, let's, let, how you handling this pandemic so far, yo? Well, thank you for thank you for that introduction. And, and in all fairness, I will say I'm not the only uh, LGBTQ comedian, but um, I definitely was one of the first, the very first openly gay black stand-up comedians on the circuit. So this is dating back to the Def Jam era when, you know, we were playing clubs like Teddy's and, you know, Jokes on Us and Martini's and all those different clubs in the DMV and the Peppermint Lounge up in New Jersey. And so, you know, I was around then. You had me and people like Flame Monroe. And, um, you know, now you're starting to see a slow emergence of more LGBT comedians. But, you know... um, I really hope that people understand that it's about who's funny and just giving people the opportunity to make you laugh and come out and support them. And I should be at the top of that list. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I tell anybody that um, that, that 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 comes that I come in contact with, and um, I remember having a conversation down on um, like underground. I think I was at the Big Hunt one time, and um, I just so happened to be there, and it was bringing up like people they should bring down. And um, I said your name, and like I got this look, like really? I'm like, look, listen, if you bring Samson down here, the fire marshal is going to show up because everybody's going to be here. Trust me. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. So what? What you mean? What, what type of look did it give you over there at the big hut? Oh no, who runs that room? Oh no, it wasn't like a na- nasty look. It was like one of those. It was like one of those really. Like like a like a stun look because you, you you know you're not you're not like you're you're in the DC community, but you know because you travel around, it's one of those out of sight out of mind type of things. So uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. So, yeah. Well, well, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, of course, Tony Woods was around before I was, but you know, there just you know there are people from DC who you know have, who who earned their place there. So you know, you have like the. Sylvia Tremors, the legendary Sylvia Tremors, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's one of the the, the first lady of, of impression, impressionist comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Tony Woods and, you know, Billy the Kid and, um, you know, uh, Chris Spencer and Mike Brooks. And I'm in there with them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's folks have to realize that, you know, sometimes you got to leave the city and, and just because you leave doesn't mean that you aren't still a part of the comedy community there yeah you know it's, it's one of those things where i feel like uh it's like oh i don't see him do no mics i'm like he's too big for mics if you get what i'm saying <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like he's just not going to show up and be like yo I'm like if you came to like shenanigans it, it broke this is a cheap plug shenanigans and um broken my comedy you know the show that i run 
is like, yo, Sam, can you do like five? You know. <laughs> then how about the next time that I'm in DC, I'm gonna come through. Okay. You let me out. I come through. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, yo, Samson is always working. It's just like Samson is always working, and all of your shows aren't just shows. It's more of an experience. And yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you know, we we have to. For number one, I'm black. We just gonna start there before <laughs> anything else. I am a black person, mm-hmm. so you know, black people, we gonna do it big anyway. Um, you know, I can't think of too many black comedian shows that you'll go to and it's just a comedy show. You know, yeah. we, you know, black folks, we put a little stank on it anyway. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's there, there There are some people, you know, who do criticize me for, you know, being openly gay. And I'm like, well, first of all, I represent black men. And I have to have this conversation with a lot of our brothers. You know, I tell them, I say, you know, if me and you get pulled over in a car together, they're not going to stop and ask who sleeps with who. Yeah, they're gonna see two Negroes sitting up in the car, and both of us are going down. If the right person pulls us over, so yeah. you know, my experience first is black, and that's what I bring to my comedy shows. I bring the flavor, you know. I bring that whole experience. It's just like a family reunion, and I'm just like your favorite cousin who just so happens to have a little <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Um... I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'll be having, I'll be getting to, I don't get to like heated debates, but it's some stuff where I'll be like, should I say this or should I not say it? Because, you know, I, I feel like sometimes the uh, the media likes to put, like to, like to put us all in different boxes as black people, yeah. as a community. So it's like black men, black women, then it's like black gay man, black gay woman, and then it's like all these different boxes, but if we all got pulled over, None of that matters. All they see is black. Oh, none, none, of it, none of it matters. And and that's what people don't understand is that, you know, when you look at things like the media, you know, when you look at things that, you know, turn things out on this, like, mass level of exposure, mm-hmm. they dictate to us what they want us to believe that things are. Because, you know, especially with social media, social media promotes this, you know, big groupthink mentality, yeah. which is why... If you come out and you voice your own opinion and say, "Hey, this is what I believe," they they have this thing now a cancel culture. Oh, I don't I don't agree with your opinion, so we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to make sure we try to wipe you off the face of the earth. Yeah, where they do that at, and <laughs> you know that's why as controversial as they are, you know it's why I admire Cat Williams. It's why I admire dave chappelle that's why i admire monique because you know they try to grill these folks mm-hmm. and these folks still show up and they do these comedy shows and they turn it and that's what that's a beautiful thing about comedy that's why i like george carlin that's why i love joan rivers mm-hmm. um you know comedy is all about not giving a fuck i mean of course you don't want to just be out there being an asshole a complete asshole but yeah. You know, comedy is about freedom of speech and, and, and being subjective. So, you know, we've definitely got to a point where we're too sensitive now. Yeah. Yeah. And um I was um I was I went to the show, the uh Lincoln Theater. And that's where you film Bitch Better Be Funny, correct? That was uh, uh uh it was up the street. It was at uh at the Howard Theater. Howard Theater. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm I, I'm sorry, my bad. The Howard Theater. We did go to we did go to the Lincoln Theater though, but they uh, had something booked that night. Mm-hmm. And and you sold out the Howard Theater completely. 
Um, and yeah, we <laughs> sold out. It, it, uh, two people, me and one of my business partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed up for two weeks straight. No, in two weeks, we probably got three hours of sleep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> how did you? How did you? How did you feel that night? Because uh, I was there, and I remember uh, seeing you, and like, and you do this thing where I'm like, you, where you're like nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're like nervous, but then like when you go up there, you're like an autopilot, just you know hitting all all the all the measure all the uh, you know all the measurements, all the bullet points, everything. You're just hitting all the markers. How, how like how did you feel that night? Well, uh, you know I've been doing it for 20 years. So I still get nervous before I go up on stage, and I think any of the greats will tell you, you know, like I can, that, that's why a lot of them they show up when it's time to walk on because it really the anticipation will eat you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, being up there because, you know, that wasn't anybody's show but mine. There were no promoters. That was my show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it hits different when it's yours. When, you're, when your name is on it, you know, when you're responsible for paying everybody, when you're responsible for the audience, you know, having a great experience. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was up there, I, I think I was about to pee on myself three or four times. Because, <laughs> you know, when you are up on a stage like that and you look mm-hmm. out and I didn't expect for that. You know, I knew people were going to come, but I didn't expect that many people to show up and it was packed in there. Yeah. And um, I just remember standing up on stage and I was going through my set, but I remember in the back of my head when I was up there, I think it hit me in the middle of it that I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, I'm at the Howard tonight. Yeah. And I mean, you, I mean, you, you, you had them, you had them all out. Cause I remember, uh, I ended up taking a picture of Michael Steele. Uh, <laughs> you've had, you've had, he was there. Yeah, he was there. I took a picture of Michael Steele. Um, what's the lady's name? The former, the former lieutenant governor was there. Yeah, he was. He was there. Michael Steele was there. I'm up taking a picture with him and and, and seeing him. And um, wow. And and I saw him. I took a picture with him, and I was like, "This Samson brings them out. They're all out. They're here." <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I'm very blessed in that regard. Where you know, um, a lot of and and that's why I tell people when you come to my shows, you get an experience. Um, you know, I've had everybody shows up. You know, Robert Williams has, has been out to my shows before he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tisha Campbell. Uh, whenever I'm in town, usually some of the wizards will show up to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's my my shows are, and I I can knock on wood, and I don't brag on much, but my shows are definitely the the the, the thing to be at. Yeah, and and, and a lot of times with um people see the success, right? They see the success, and they they'll see like you at the Howard, but they don't know like where you started from because because of you, that's where I started doing my um I, I did my second taping um in the DC Art Center. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love the DCR. Yeah, and you and you started there. You was in like you and I know how it pretty much runs. So, like you 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 will do you did like I guess you booked one show, but then after a while you booked another show and another show. <laughs> then you end, up, you end up filling up that whole weekend, that whole calendar. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and the DCR Center is a great space. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't 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 they they don't they see the success they see they see the success but they don't see like where you start to get to like the Howard, you know? You well, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is about comedy is, you know, people don't know the sacrifice. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you just kind of get to be on joke time and chill all day. And then, you know, you show up to a theater and you walk on stage and make up all this stuff off the top of your head, and, mm-hmm. you know, leave and 
go get go get you some chicken wings and add some, <laughs> some Hennessy and all that. And and it's really not like that because uh, you know I'm not just a comedian. I am also an LLC, so I have a staff, mm-hmm. and I hire. And this is and then I'm going I'm going to digress for a second. But you know, um, you know I have a staff. So and I hire all black people. I hire all women, and I hire all gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I'm paying people who need to be making the money, and I don't pay them any bullshit wages. Like I pay them scale wages. So mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, I run a business, but you know, a lot of people they just see the success. They don't see you know you staying up all night for a week until two o'clock in the morning, and then have to be back up at six to send out more emails and. You know, in the middle of all this, you're trying to stay in shape and you got to deal with your own personal drama. Don't be in a relationship because I can't tell you how many dudes that I've dated who was (laughs) like, you know, I I like you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to hang in there with you, but you just don't have time for me. And I'm like, my nigga, because comedy is my boyfriend. So, (laughs) you know, um, and and, and, and a lot of comedians will tell you that, you know, it's like you have to pick usually. And and if you have children, that's even harder. Yeah. you know, it's even harder for, for women comics who are mothers who are out here on the road. So, you know, a lot of people, they see the success, but they don't know the sacrifices that you have to make on the back end to be a successful comedian. And you have to show up and, and be funny, especially when you're dealing with our audiences. Oh, yeah. You know, um, if you stand in front of, like, a, a group of black people and mm-hmm. you play the, the Airy Crown Theater in Chicago or you play, you know... Um, you know, like one of these rooms where like a Michael Blackson comes or, you know, uh, um, earthquake, you know, you, you be on a show with one of them or like a club where they could come through. You got to bring it. Yeah. Um, I, I do a show some Mondays out in Hollywood with D Ray Davis and it's about 200 black people show up. And when you show up, they don't want no bullshit. You need to be funny. Yeah. So it's, it's comedy is a, is a very, uh, I think that it's a very under underappreciated art form. Yeah. Um, you know that, and a lot of hard work goes into it. You definitely have to love it to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you have a lot of uh, some. I I I I've cheap plugged my album, but it ain't about me. Uh, <laughs> but you have. And congratulations on your album too. Oh, thank congratulations. you. Congratulations! I saw that on Facebook. Thank you, thank you. Um, but you have like what five? Five hours, five six. Uh, oh my goodness! I have. Uh, you have a whole... take off my earrings. <laughs> I have uh, Shea Butter and Jesus. That bitch better be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. I think I have five of them. Yeah, and I was. I was saying. So you have like a whole catalog that's like on iTunes and stuff. So you've been like you've been out here. Like I know. I know just the just the two that I did. I, I, I the best part of any that whole process was the end. <laughs> yeah, you're you a nervous wreck the whole time. Yeah, so, like, so what is like the, what, what is your preparation getting into where you're like, okay, I'm going to do an album. What is the preparation you go into into doing that that, that whole process? Um, oh, my God. Usually, I will decide to do an album when I'm ready to retire or semi-retire material. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I will have yeah, you know, work and set out, you know, at least 20, 25 minutes, uh, very solid material. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, you, some jokes are jokes, they become your standard. So, I mean, you're going to do those jokes 
more regularly than you do others, so you'll hold on to those. But then there'll be other jokes that you, you kind of get tired of them or you, you get jokes to replace those. And so what I do is I say, okay, well, I'm going to record these jokes. Mm. And, um, you know, so I do a series of shows and then I say, uh, these two nights I'm going to record this album. And, uh, and then I'll go in and I'll record it, you know, and, and we'll do two nights usually. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm feeling very good about it, I'll do one night and then we market it and, oh. um, and give it a theme and just promote the theme of that album. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to talk about one more thing and then I want to get into, um, some, 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 some other stuff. You have, uh, a YouTube, um, special. Um, short film, um, Party and Play. You want to talk about that? Oh, my God. So I have three films on YouTube that should be on Netflix, but I don't got time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did a documentary uh, called a, uh, a Tough Act to Follow, okay. and that has Adele Givens in it, that has Lunell in it uh, from Borat and American, uh, American Hustler and you know, Dolomite, uh, of course, Adele Gibbons from Deaf Comedy Jam, Queens of Comedy. Sinbad is in it. Uh, oh, my God. Who else? Somebody else. Adele Stevens. We have about six or seven, you know, faces from Black Hollywood in there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a documentary on just the things that we experience as minorities in entertainment, as black women, as black gay men, as black men. And, um, you know, it, in, in about 25 minutes, it kind of summarizes that and gives people some insight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, a tough act to follow. Definitely worth seeing. Um, I just re-released it. It was originally released in 2015, but I just re-released it a month ago. Okay. Um, then there's uh, A Different Direction. Miss Laura Hayes from uh, Comic View and Deaf Comedy Jam, she's in that. She plays my mother and Daryl Stevens. And uh, Flame Monroe, who's on Netflix right now, was supposed to be in it too, but we won't talk about what happened with that. <laughs> <laughs> but Flame is still my girl. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Party and Play, uh, which is, I'm in some hot water for that film right now, but it's, it's um, you know, it's, you know, the same way black folks, you know, everybody has, a, uh, every black person has a copy of a Friday somewhere in their house or yeah. they've seen it or they got it queued up on Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Party and Play is that for the black gay community. Okay. Um, you know, it's something you can sit down and, and even if you're straight, like if you're a straight dude who's open-minded, yeah. And securing your sexuality, you can sit down and look at that movie and have a good time. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of women are watching it with their boyfriends and they're having a great time. You know, sit down. You know, pour some. Uh, you know, pour some white Zippendale and roll a joint and watch it. You know, because um, I was high when I wrote it, so I know you're gonna have a good time. Smoke weed and watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then of course the two comedy specials. That bitch better be funny and. Uh, the shade of it all on there. Yeah. I was um doing a podcast. I was recording a podcast with my friend uh Chris Lambert and um we was talking about that 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 same subject about being open minded about watching different films. I have some friends uh, you know cuz I one of my favorite films I like to watch is Brokeback Mountain. Okay? Okay. And um I and sometimes I watch it and I go to sleep. It used to be my go to sleep film. 
<laughs> I watched so many okay. times, like I didn't go to sleep. Watch Brokeback Mountain. Okay, it's, it's 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 boring enough, so I, I can understand. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Yeah. So you know, so you know, and I and I was saying, and he was like, "Yeah, that's a really good film." And I'm like, "Yeah," and I was trying to tell my friends, "No, it's a really good film. You know, it's, it's no big deal." And it's like, you know, no. I'm like, it's like you got to be open minded. You can't, you can't, like learn a culture or learn a group of people unless you like watch if that makes sense like yeah you, you can't you yeah that like, you can't like you could you could be ignorant to a lot of a lot of things within a community because you refuse to watch and like ingratiate and like learn you know and uh I'm yeah a, i remember when um when you was when you was the uh we was recording bitch you better be funny right and um and you was telling a story about you know being gay and getting bullied i believe and it, it hit me because I had a joke about um, like the the standard you know black man playing basketball and find out your friend is gay because he posts you up. That was like the punchline, whatever. But after looking at your you know watching you perform and everything, I was like, man, man, I was dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. And I like erased. I remember I inboxed you and I was like, yo, I'm gonna get rid of the joke. You know what I'm saying? You you know it's you know it's probably it's stupid. You know it's it's really just a you know low hanging fruit. You know, I think I remember that that uh, that that message. I think I remember that, and you know, and and this is the thing uh, because I I was talking about this earlier today. Um, it's not that anything is wrong with people making gay jokes, mm. but some of them are ignorant, and there's a difference between something that's ignorant and something that's funny. Yeah. You know, um, the two issues that I have with you know, hearing people do gay jokes, which I don't mind, because I know I hear some people say some old ignorant shit, and if it's funny, I'm laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I know that, you know, and me and you, we come from that old school where, you know, somebody said something about your mama or your shoes or, you know, your jacked up teeth or your hairline or something, mm -hmm. you know, you said some shit back to them and you kept it pushing. Yeah. But, you know, now everybody gets so butthurt over everything, you know, no homo. Yeah. Um, but you know, everybody gets so butthurt and, you know, in their feelings over everything. Um, and, and my biggest issue is not that people make gay jokes. It's that the industry, and I don't wait for the industry to do it, but the industry at large does not offer platforms to gay people and, and other people who aren't represented in this business to stand up on those same platforms and tell our side of the story and tell our jokes and talk our shit back. Yeah, you know, um, and 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 believe me, like I, you know, political correctness is the biggest, the farthest thing from my mind because just like people come after Dave Chappelle or they come after you know Kevin Hart or something, and do I agree with everything they say? No, but they're funny and they're people that I respect in comedy. Mm -hmm. um, the same way, if I got up there and said something, the community would come after me. You know, so it really just comes down to, you know, being able to get up there and hold your own, own and say what you have to say and represent yourself, however, is appropriate. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just remember, I, I remember like watching it. It was, it was almost like a uh, church-like feel as you was doing your jokes and then preaching. I'm like, man, 
He on one today. Uh, he, 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 he's in his bag today. He, he is digging in his bag. <laughs> this, this is, this is, I'm not right. I'm not right. So, but, you know, but. That's hilarious. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people come to my shows and say my shows have a little churchy feel to them. Yeah. I mean, because you, you're learning something. You know, you're learning something from, you know, uh, not call, you know, like basically from the horse mouth, like you're representing, you're literally representing the community at that point, you know, because you, right? And you're you're saying stuff from your community's point of view, how you feel about issues, and you have, you know, you don't just have like the LGBT in there. You have straight men, you have straight women, you you, you have a you have a whole community in there listening to you speak. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, that's the thing about my shows is, is everybody is in there. You know, it's, it really is like a, you know, I remember this uh, girl in Atlanta. She, and, you know, Atlanta is, is so gay that straight people have to have pride parades. Down there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this lady, she brought her boyfriend to one of my shows at, I forgot where else, at, at, at um, some nightclub I had lying down there. And so she brought her boyfriend and her boyfriend, he was, kind of standing back a little bit. So I said, you know, hey, man, thanks for coming out to the show. And he said, yeah, you know, I had a good time. I thought it was going to be, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a bunch of fags in here, man. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he was, he was surprised, you know, that uh, and all the straight couples that were at the show and all the white people that came out and all these old black church women. And it really is like a big family reunion. And, um, you know, it, it's not like you're seeing a gay comedian. You're there to see a really funny show, mm-hmm. and it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I keep drawing back to that that one moment. Um, I got another question for you too. Cause I just saw I saw this today. Um, I was doing some research. Hey man, how you how you let your grill your your beard grow out that much, man? I'm 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 st- I'm steady trying to get mine to connect. What, what's going on with your beard, man? What are you doing? What's the secret? Oh, h- h- hilarious! <laughs> um, eating 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 coochie. <laughs> no, I actually I use uh, it's right up here on my on my counter. It's Jamaican black castor oil. Okay. So uh, you can get it. I think you can probably go get it at like a beauty supply shop or whatever. But, you know, every night before I go to bed, I rub that in there um, and, and it'll grow. It'll, you know, you should also put it in your head. You can put it on your skin, but it, it, it works really, really good on uh, beards and, and your head. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was like, cause I, was, I, was, I was, you was doing something. I think you was, I think you was on FaceTime. Not FaceTime, Facebook Live, and I was like, "Yeah, man. yeah." I'm like, "Man, this dude's beard growing better than mine." Cause I mean, like, it was low. Then, like, you know, and I'm like, "Man, he's he's got a nice beard." What is, what's going on with me? Well, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've never had one, so and, and it's it's new too. So that's why it looks good on me is because it's new. So you know, people have never seen me with a beard before. It's mm-hmm. a new look. Okay, okay. What a, um, I would I would I want to ask you this because, uh. I should have. Matter of fact, I'm gonna do this. Uh, everybody, take a go and get you go get you some Moscato. We'll be right back on the Omar Radio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back with <laughs> we're back with my man Samson. I hope he poured you a drink because uh, uh, I've got more deep diving questions. Like this is the inside edition. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey man. So. Uh, one thing, one of the things that I love about uh, being friends with you on Facebook, 
um, not just knowing you personally, but being friends with you on Facebook is I get to see the level of ignorance <laughs> from other people that you have to expose oh or just like share, you know, like some of your some some of the trials and tribulations you go through on the road, just, you know, just trying to be, you know, just, you know, spreading the word. Um, mm-hmm. So recently you was uh, JJ, you somebody asked you a question. I saw the video and someone asked you a question about your worst experience. And you said JJ Walker. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. I was on Fox Soul. There's a, uh, it's kind of a new network. It's up there with BET Plus and TV One and, and Bounce TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a network called Fox Soul. I went on a show on there uh, called the Tanny Mac Late Show. So, uh, you know, she was celebrating diversity in comedy, mm-hmm. and she asked me to come on. And just talk about my experience in comedy for 20 years as an openly gay black man. And so uh, I didn't have any intentions of going on there and, you know, uh, and and pulling out the rug from under anybody or anything like that. But she asked me, you know, who has some of my worst experiences? Or she asked me who have, what, who have been some of my best experiences and who have been some of my worst experiences. And so, of course, I told her some of my best, of course, have been with like the Moniques and Angela Bassett's and, you know, Adele Gibbons and Coco Browns and Lunell's. And then she was like, well, who have your worst experiences been? And I said, well, the, the worst <laughs> was J.J. Walker yeah. from Good Times. Mm-hmm. What an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah. And Yeah, he's beyond, beyond <laughs> stupid and yeah. ugly. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that and uh i've always like i think you told me this story before i don't think i, I think i've heard this story before maybe you told me whatever and i remember like because of that like i've avoided doing any shows with him if that makes sense well i mean it's not like people hire him anyway so but i mean it's yeah. you know it's he he's yeah that man got issues yeah so, um, so what are some of the, um, so, so what are some of your, some of your best experience? Cause I don't want to harp too much on just the, the him make this about, I don't want to make this about him, but like some of your best experiences, uh, what is the best experience you ever had working with somebody? Ooh, man. Um, man, I've had a lot of great experiences. Uh, one of one of the best experiences was, of course, Robin Williams. When I first moved to San Francisco, he had, um, I, I don't know, for some reason, I knew that I was going to meet him. Yeah. Um, and he, somebody who, you know, there's six degrees of separation between everybody. Yeah. I got hired to uh, be one of the headliners at this theater up in Mill Valley. It's in it's in uh, Marin County, mm-hmm. called the Throckmorton Theater. Okay. And you know, so I don't. And as we said earlier, you know, Mike, I'm nervous before shows. You yeah. know, I and I used to do a lot of weed and stuff before <laughs> shows, and that nervousness and weed don't mix on stage. So I had to stop that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm basically in a corner backstage. And uh, I, and I, I don't talk, I don't text, I don't do any of that until I get off stage. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the booker, you know, he said, hey, you got you got company. You got a guest that came here to see you. And I'm like, they didn't come here to see me. I don't have company before shows. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, well, this dude is in the alley that wants to meet you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who's in the alley? The fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. And because uh, the alley, you have to go through the alley to get to get to the stage door. Okay. Because the, the backstage and the actual stage door are separated. So you have to go through the alley to get to it. Mm-hmm. So... I said, well, who do, you know, excuse my language. So I'm like, well, who the fuck is in the alley? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, about to whoop, like, I'm about to whoop somebody's ass because I don't play the, you know, and I thought he was playing, he was pissing me off because I really don't like to talk to people before shows. Yeah. And um, he says, Robin Williams is here. He wants to meet you. And so I'm like, this man is on some old bullshit. And I, was, and I told him, I said, if, if I go in this alley and Robin Williams is not here, we're going to have problems. And I kicked the door open mm-hmm. and out and it was Robert Williams standing there by the um, dressing room door in the alley. Oh wow! And you know, I think I kicked the door open real crazy, so he looked at me like, "Whoa!" You know. <laughs> and then I stopped and I looked at him, and he's like, "Hey, uh, Samson, I'm I'm Robert Williams. Nice to meet you." And you know, I'm trying to play it cool. Yeah. You know, because I've met quite a few celebrities but I think at the time that was one of the biggest A-list celebrities that I had met so I'm playing it real cool I'm like oh yes I do know you hey nice to meet you I'm Samson and you know but in my head I'm like oh what the fuck this is Robin motherfucking world wow shit shit and um (laughs) and so he's like you know I've heard a lot about you and I just wanted to drive over and check you out tonight and I'm like me Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've heard a lot about you. And so I'm like, whoa. And he's like, is it okay if I stay and watch? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you no. You know, so yeah. he he uh, walked to the stage door with me, and he watched that show um, from the side of the stage. And so nobody else knew that he was in the building. Okay. And he watched that show from the curtain um, for that whole 25 minutes that I was on stage. And when I came off, he gave me like this big bear hug and he was just like, how long have you been doing this again? And at the time it was about 13 or 14 years. And so I told him, I said, um, uh, cause I think he died in 2014. So 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. I've been doing it for about 13 years. And I told him, I said, you know, 13 years. And he said, I want you to keep doing it. Cause you have something that a lot of the new comics aren't bringing to comedy anymore. We talked for a few minutes, and, mm-hmm. you know, we took some pictures and, and left. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Hey, this dude met Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Uh, <laughs> Monique. Monique was another one. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people give Monique uh, a lot of slack because of how she goes about her cause. Okay? Yeah. And, you know, we know that black people in any industry black women in any industry most minorities in any industry aren't paid the same wages as anybody else in any other industry mm-hmm. uh and what she's saying is not different from what anybody else has said but people get upset because one you know she's loud and very abrasive about it but monique has always been loud and abrasive yeah um i read a lot of the comments about her and just like lizzo you know, Lizzo goes to the basketball games and is all on Instagram with her ass out and I stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, I do too. I, I like it. You know, but but a lot of the girls who are more aesthetically pleasing, 
who are more in shape and got all this work and stuff done, they do the same thing and they get treated a lot different. Yeah. People like Lizzo and Monique, they get treated differently because they're big, loud black women who should be happy that they just got invited to the table. Okay. Yeah. And so Monique practices what she preaches in her uh, business interactions at comedy clubs and performance spaces because I, I was opening for her at one time mm-hmm. and uh, the the club booker, you know, booked me for about six or seven shows with her uh, in, in, in like Oakland and then we were going over to like Pleasanton, California, no, Pittsburgh, California. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he hadn't discussed my contract with me. So after about the fifth show, she said, hey, baby, let me ask you a question. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, have you gotten paid yet? And I said, no. And she said, why? And I said, well, the dude hasn't, you know, talked to me about my about my payment and stuff like that. She was like, did you sign a contract? I said, yes. She said, he should have given you your check the first night. He gave everybody else because it was me, her, and Tone X who opened, who, who's her feature. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he gave everybody else their checks the first night of the show, everybody on the staff from the top to the bottom, everybody got paid except for me. And that was her, her opening act. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I tell you what, go get him and tell him that if he does not have your check credit before I go to walk up on that stage that I'm not performing tonight. Mm. And she stayed backstage until he bought me a check. Oh, wow. She held the show up until he paid me. And uh, and then, because, you know, and I mean, you're in comedy. You've been doing comedy for a long time, too. So you know how janky some of these club promoters are and how janky a lot of these, you know, comedy club yeah. uh, bookers are and these people who run these rooms. They know that it's a million and one comedian. You can get you a comedian a dime a dozen. So they really don't give a fuck about any of us. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you, and even, even the ones who've been on major movies and TV shows, they treat them like shit sometimes. Yeah. So... Uh, I go out to Pittsburgh, California to do this show. Um, and Pittsburgh is the equivalent from Oakland that Waldorf is from D.C. <laughs> okay. So imagine imagine doing this show that lets out close to midnight mm-hmm. and you don't have a car and trying to figure out how you're going to get back from Waldorf to D.C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that type of situation. Yeah. You know, you need to get, you need a passport and a canoe to get to Waldorf if you have a car. <laughs> so imagine trying to figure that out without a car. Yeah. One way and, in um, and one way out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and, and he, the, the, the club booker, and I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, unless if he pissed me off, and then I'll say his name. If he pissed me off anymore, i say his name. But, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the the, the uh, comedians like Marlon Wayans and them, they say that they, they we joke and call it the slave wage comedy club. Yeah, and um, you know, because he'll just work the shit out of you and then you know pay you some scraps. And so she said, "Okay, you got your check." And I said, "Yes." She said, "How do you get home?" And I said, "I really don't know." And she said, "You mean to tell me this motherfucker?" <laughs> had you to come all the way out to Pittsburgh, California, and he didn't make sure you had a way home. I said, no, ma'am. She said, you let that nigga, and the dude is a white guy, she said, you let that nigga know if he don't find you a way home, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> and um, 
she made him drive me from Pittsburgh, California, all the way to Oakland, which Dang. is the equivalent of Waldorf to DC. With the without traffic, that's that that makes another big difference too. Yeah, this this is with this is a, a midnight, so oh. it's without traffic. <laughs> okay, and um, you know, and she said, you know, if he doesn't give you a ride when he calls me to come back, I will never work with him again. You know, and that and she was selling out all the shows and. Mm-hmm. They were making thousands of dollars on food and drinks every night. So, mm-hmm. of course, he's not going to fuck that up. <laughs> you touched on something, and uh, we can wrap this up. You touched on something, and um, I had a conversation with somebody. Because you brought up Lizzo. I love Lizzo. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, and like even with the Milnique situation, I always say that people, and I think you said the same thing. I think, and I'm, I think I'm about to say the same thing you said, but I'm about to say it differently. Just let me know. I, 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 had, a, I had a glass of uh, Moscato myself. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, basically, isn't that the message? It's the messenger. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, which is true. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like if anybody else would have said what Monique said, it wouldn't have been a problem. But it's because it's Monique, it was an issue. Um, same, yeah, you know, Monique don't give a fuck. Yeah, and so the same thing like with Lizzo. I'm like, yo, I love the fact that not only is she she's black, you know. But her the, the the confidence she exudes, like yeah, you know, the, <laughs> bye, bitch, you know, <laughs> that's just funny to me, right. <laughs> you know. And, and I remember having a conversation with one of my friends, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't like what, what she represents." And I stopped. I'm like, "Confidence? You don't like that she represents confidence?" <laughs> yeah, they, you know, we 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 really we we we're stuck in a culture yeah. where we don't want big girls to have confidence. Yeah. We don't want people who we can easily make fun of to have confidence. Yeah. And these same dudes are the, are the same dudes, because I have fat girlfriends. Yeah. And, you know, these same dudes that be talking shit to them online, talk shit to them online and stuff, they'll be the same dudes that be hitting them up because they want some big girl loving. Okay? <laughs> um, I promise you, every dude that's just out here macking and, you know, yeah. running the streets, mm-hmm. every one of them has a big girl in their rotation. Yeah, guarantee it. At least, at least two or three, just just Everyone on, on, the, on the roster. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because uh, I was telling, I remember saying, I was like, "Look, she might be a big girl, but I bet you she's in better shape than all of us." For her to dance, sing, and play the flute—a woodwind instrument, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do all of that, I bet you. Because you're like, "Oh, she needs to get a better shape. You should encourage her to lose weight and get a better shape." I'm like, first of all, her cardio is probably off the chain. You're, Hell yeah! You smoke cigarettes, so I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know her wind is strong because you smoke cigarettes. So I'm like, you can't even even talk that talk because she sings, dances, and plays a woodwind instrument. You know, right? She's she's like, not to go crazy, but like, oh, cause I want the beehive after me. I'm like, she's Beyonce with a flute. She does it all. <laughs> Yeah, she basically she is. She's she's a very dynamic entertainer. Yeah, and it was like, yo, we just we, I I I hate it. I, I hate the fact that as as black people, we always jump on the bandwagon to to uh to put down uh our black women, um black men. Just we we're quick to put ourselves down in front of company, and by company I mean white people. We just do it all the time. <laughs> it just, it just bothers me, and then you know it's ugh. I hate it. I'm sorry. You you brought up Lizzo and I went on Lizzo rant, but yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but like but those are the stories that that that, Mo, that Monique story that you told, those are stories that nobody knows about, but I but I wish people would know so they could have a better education before they come out here 
and you know speak what they speak if that makes sense yeah it's they you know again a lot of people and this is because of social media a lot of people do a whole bunch of group think yeah you know and and most people aren't critical thinkers you know most people don't take the time to engage in conversations that are meaningful uh, where you can gather all the context and come up with a uh, an educated, you know, view or an opinion. You know, most people are passively scrolling on these phones and they aren't thinking critically. Most people think emotionally. Yeah. Okay, so when you have a whole bunch of people and you got everybody on it, say, "Oh yeah, Monique is a bitch. Oh, she's a bitch." And this and that, and, and, and nobody's asking, well, well, why are people saying this? Nobody's looking at how other people who are saying the exact same things that she's saying or white women who talk the exact same way yeah. get treated differently, and most of them get what they want. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't, didn't the next few people after Monique um, get paid more at the show? Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, you know, Tiffany Haddish uh, got a Netflix special. Yeah, it's on there now, too. Mm-hmm. And they gave her, uh, and, and still, and she deserved more, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I won't talk about who deserved more between the two of them or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, these are two black women in comedy, and the fact that you don't have, and this is even Wanda Sykes, who plays a mostly white mainstream audience, None of these black women in comedy, none of these black women headliners that are doing these specials are making a million dollars plus, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Tiffany Haddish only got paid $800,000 for her newest Netflix special. And, you know, after she pays her team and her management machine around her, she probably got a little less than half of that. Yeah, I saw the... um... I saw the special, and she had a lot of special effects. So, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like you know, she had people um, bring her out in a horse and carriage. I think so. I'm like, yo, that's a lot of money that she spent. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a lot of money. You know, the um, the 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 production companies don't pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, they might they might front it up front, but you know, if you don't make the money back on ticket sales, or you know, you um. They renege on your deal or something like that. You that you spend all that money and shit, you lose that money. So people don't understand that. People really need to look at the business of show, and that's what people don't understand. It's show business, yeah. and I've never, uh, you know, I've never been a dope boy or nothing like that. But you know, I'm lucky that I'm from Southeast, and I got to see how you know in, in PG County. Mm-hmm. And I got to see how some of our big brothers and cousins and stuff like that, and, you know, they would go to jail and stuff like that sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, I got to see them do their stuff. And I picked up on a lot of the street smarts. Mm-hmm. And you will look at a lot of people in show business who kind of bought street smarts to show business, mm-hmm. and they usually do very well. Most rappers, Master P, Jay-Z, you know, um, P. Diddy, they bought street smarts to show business. Yeah. Which is how they became multimillionaires and billionaires, you know, um, and Dr. Dre, um, you know, Nas, you know, yeah. these men bought street smarts, the same street smarts that, you know, Pookie and them used. They bought that and they applied it to show business and they were able to become very wealthy with it. So it, you, you really have to apply knowledge to the business of show and, and really learn how to, 
you know, keep people engaged and, and learn how to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of financially in this business because this is one business um, that is beautiful as it can be. It's a very treacherous business and it will eat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't have your shit together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's I, 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 it's a copycat league, and it's a doggy dog world. <laughs> Absolutely, you really. When I tell you, you have to, you know, love that. You have to love what you do, and you constantly have to, you know, really play it as a chess game. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get in the show business, and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm, you know, they come in with stars in their eyes. They come to L.A." They go to New York all green and shit like that, and again, they, you know, and then they go home crying. And yeah. you have to understand that you have to bring your A game on all levels, and you know, you really have to just be be focused and driven, and and and, and really apply logical sense to the whole thing all the way around. This is not a business you can come into just being. I mean, of course, we're driven by some emotions. Everybody is on some level. Um, but you really have to come into this business prepared to, to learn it and, and accept it for what it is. And, and if you're smart enough to move it forward in some capacity, do that. Okay. Um, real quick before we wrap this up, um, I, I, I ask everybody this outside of yourself. Um, what Netflix special are you watching right now that you love to watch on Netflix? Comedy special? Yep, comedy special. Oh, man. Um, to be honest, I haven't really watched any of the specials on Netflix right now. You know, sometimes I take a break from looking at because we do it all the time. Yeah. And uh, you get kind of, you love it, but, you know, you get tired of it. You know, it's just like a relationship. Like, you might love your boo, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but every now and then you say, hey, boo, I need to go out with the fellas. I need to go do my thing. Yeah. And, you know. So right now, I'm not looking at any comedy specials, but every day I will look at, you know, somebody on YouTube. I look at George Carlin or Joan Rivers or some old Thea Vidal or, you know, um, Whoopi Goldberg or or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. because those are the people, Richard Pryor, Paul Mooney, um, you know, Dick Gregory. Yeah. you know, those are people that I look at. Those are, So, you know, even if I'm not looking at what's going on right now, mm-hmm. um, which you know, I check in from time to time. I do go to YouTube, and, and I still study the greats from time to time. I still listen to Red Fox records and, you know, Mom's Mabley albums and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been, I've been hooked on, because I, I hate watching comedy um, so mm-hmm. much. Uh, uh, it's just one of those things where, uh, and it bites me in the butt a lot of times when I have to open up with somebody and like my peers be like, oh man, <laughs> you get to open up for this guy? And I'm like, word, what's he like? Who is he? What, what? <laughs> I got to go and do like some quick research so I can, you know, placate and, you know, be part of the game. But I've been watching Dion Cole's special on Netflix. Oh man, yeah, Dion is a great guy. Yeah, I watched that one and uh, Cold World. And I, I should have gave you, I should have gave you a, uh, uh, okay, if not comedy, then what? Because I just finished Ozarks. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah. I was looking at uh, Tiger King. Tiger King. Um, what, what you think about that? We talked about the last episode, the newest one. Did they Did they put a new one on there? Yeah, the eighth one. With uh, this is the one I call it the uh, Carol Baskin's Friendly Show, where she paid somebody. Oh. <laughs> okay, so 
so I need to I need to go back and see that one. But uh, you know what I what I've seen of that, it was wild. It was a wild ride. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's but you know to be honest, I I've just I I just started catching up on a lot of stuff on Hulu and Showtime mm-hmm. um, because I'm on the road all the time. And yeah. So most of the time when I'm in the hotel room, I'm looking at CNN or the local news, or I might look at something on. You know, comedy central, but most of the time I just look at random shit on YouTube. Okay. Um, but I've been catching up on Insecure, okay. uh, which is great. I love Issa Rae, or I appreciate Issa Rae. Oh, yeah. Um, and a black girl sketch show, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. I love that show. Um, and it was something else I was looking at that was, and a Greenleaf is another one of my favorite shows. Okay. On Netflix. On Netflix. But okay. yeah, most 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 of it has been looking at Insecure, um, you know, Blackish, mm-hmm. um, old episodes of Fresh Prince on Hulu, mm-hmm. um, yeah, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, Samson. Look, I I didn't want to take up too much of your time. Um, we've been almost an hour in. I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, real quick, uh, let the people know. I'm gonna have it in the um, on the description as well, all of your handles okay. and stuff like that. But um, give everybody um, how they could get in contact with you, where they can find you at. Yeah, so uh, I should tell you this too, real quick. I have a brand new comedy special that we shot at the DC Comedy Loft in March 2020 mm-hmm. uh, called Church Boy. Okay, uh, that'll be out, I believe, in May. So follow me on Instagram at Samson McCormick. S-A-M-P-S-O-N-M-T-C-O-R-M-I-C-K. We'll keep people updated there. Also on SamsonComedy.com. So those are the two ways. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm on YouTube. I'm working on new content for YouTube. Um, But I guess the easiest way is Instagram. Okay, okay. Samson, once again, hey, thank you again for being on. Uh, Stick around for me real quick. Everybody give Samson a round of applause. Thank you, thank you. And uh, we'll be right back on Nobody Radio Podcast. And we back again. That was the big homie, Samson. Did you enjoy the show? I hope you did. It's a great conversation, man. I like good conversation. We need more of that in this world. Good conversation. Uh, thank you all again for, um, like always, I guess... Like all good things, they have to come to an end. And um, as I said that, I have to reload my exit thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have to reload my exit theme. So, um, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead and um, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to... Uh, do this. Just talk amongst yourselves. There we go. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a ride. ride. I don't own the rights to this music, but why not? Hey, thank y'all for coming out. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all follow Open Mic Radio podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow me, Old Mike B seven five seven. Also, quarantine bracket. WT on Instagram every Wednesday and Thursday me and Kareem Green we put your favorite topics up in a six sweet 16 bracket style and we debate them and we vote to move on to find out who, uh, what reigns supreme 
um, in that particular topic. Until again, everybody, have a good night. And be safe until next time, yo. Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedic Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Fucking my head up, and I see it in your face right now. You wish I'd shut up. Really